Good afternoon, uh, or good evening, or good morning, whenever you happen to be listening to us. Uh, welcome to the American Age podcast. Today, we have a three-way conversation between myself and Seth Rodney and a new uh, commentator joining us, Stephen Fullwood. Hello. Uh, welcome, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, and today, we are going to talk about secrecy and intimate relationships, um, its ethics, its consequences. Uh, we're going to have a free ra- free-ranging open conversation about that. And since Stephen is uh, a new contributor, why don't we let uh, Stephen begin the conversation? Well, okay. Um, so I've been thinking about what it means to be intimate. And, and so I started thinking that intimacy obviously means marriage, partnerships, but it also can apply to friendships, um, family, and so forth. And so I wanted to kind of give sort of start with that and what made me think, I think, Travis, you're married, correct? I am, yes. And Seth, you're in a relationship. I am indeed. And I'm single. And Mm. so I was thinking about um, just the dynamic of this particular um, group, people talking about it, and that I have, for me personally, I have a great deal of intimacy or I have a lot of intimate relationships with friends and family and thought about what secrecy meant to me in terms of um, lying by omission or Hmm. what it means to not tell someone my truth or how I feel about them and sort of Mm. of holding back. And so I, Mm. those things are very difficult for me. I prefer to have difficult conversations um, with my friends and with my family as opposed to holding back. But I don't know if there's a way to not hold secrets from your friends or your relationships because there's so many things that make you that make you up as a person, you know, whether or not, mm-hmm. and how do you determine a secret? I think that's what I was thinking about earlier. So mm-hmm. that's a bit all mm-hmm. over the place, but I really want to establish some kind of parameters yeah. around. Yeah, I actually, I appreciate that because of course, uh, when we decided on this topic, uh, my first, my knee jerk response was to immediately go to my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. And of course, so I, I immediately went to sort of this romantic, intimate place. I mean, I didn't end there. I did think about uh, intimacy in, in other contexts and in other relationships that I have. Um, I'm sorry, honesty in relation to intimate relationships, platonic, mm-hmm. okay. um, familial, etc. Um, so I do appreciate the distinction because um, uh, for me, there are differences Right, the things that I will push myself might push myself to share, um, make myself share the difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also am inclined to have uh, to you know the irritation of some people um, <laughs> is something that I am more faithful to in intimate relationships. Um, those that I would consider you know close to me, then I might push in in other relationships. Mm-hmm. What about you, Seth? I think that there's a couple ways to think about this. One is, well, Stevens pointed out a few, and you've kind of, both of you have kind of set the parameters uh, around, or sort of, sort of extended the parameters beyond merely romantic relationships to intimate friendships, so on and so forth. And, but I also think there are different ways to think about secrets. Like there's secrets that you hold for people, right? Mm. Not necessarily secrets that you keep from them, okay. right? So, because, you know, Stephen started off talking, like, saying saying he was concerned about being able to tell someone his truth. And I think that that makes perfect sense when, you, when, you, when we talk about secrets. So what I think initially comes to mind is this notion of um, holding something within oneself, which possibly diminishes one's stature with an intimate, right? Mm-hmm. But there are, also, there are also secrets that you hold for people. Right, mm-hmm. so you have intimate relationships, and they tell you something. They say, well, "You need to keep this in the vault. Like this is mm-hmm. just between you and me." And you are. Were, you some, good, were either one of you good at keeping those kind of secrets when you were kids? Like no, I was not to say something. I was awful at it. N- no. Me too. That's why yeah. I asked. I was, no, it's to my shame, actually. Yeah. I was terrible <laughs> at it. Yeah, you, Stephen. Yeah, I was just thinking about what you said. You know, we um, the secrets that we hold for other people. When I was mm. a kid, it felt like it really depended on who it was. If it was my family or my sisters or my brother, yes. Mm. But then if it was anyone mm. else mm-hmm. in class, um, no, absolutely. It was, it was almost like 
you know, you were on the, um, was it the Atlanta Housewives? You had to tell somebody something. You had to get it out. You know, and you were waiting I for the ensuing drama. Girl is what I was thinking Gossip Girl. Oh, I can't wait to tell this person this. But as I, I became an adult or as I got older, I just didn't like that much drama. So right. you can mm-hmm. tell me something, I'll hold it. And then people come back to me years later and say, how come you didn't tell me that? But I go, she told me not to tell you. And that's right. And I just stay there and I I feel firmly on that. And I want to, you know, I try to forget the secret so I don't have to like be Mm -hmm. burned by it. Right. Do you know? Steph, I I interrupted you. I actually apologize. What was that you were? Not at all. Um, I think Steven's kind of frozen. So I want to make sure that um, he's still. Okay. 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 Great. Um, So here's a, here's a thing. Uh, I I had a conversation with someone the other day. And she said to me, you know, I don't tell my therapist everything. And I'm like, oh, mm, whoa. okay. And then I thought, I thought about it and I thought, yeah, I probably don't tell my therapist everything either. Mm-hmm. But I think more on it, uh, to be completely honest with myself and with y'all. That is really interesting, I have to say. But, mm-hmm. Right. That, that, but, but, but that but, might take us too far afield. So. Well, well wait, here's, here's, here's the secret. I think what I keep to myself really is only... A matter of timing in that I can't give him everything every single session, mm. right? I so see. this right. so there's stuff I'm saying to myself, okay, do I really want to tell him that dream this session? Because it's 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 gonna it's gonna take something out of me to go there. Okay. But but I'm not I'm not I trust him and I trust that relationship enough mm-hmm. that and of of course I'm not worried about being diminished in his sight because mm-hmm. I know his job I mean, his profession is really to provide me a safe place. Absolutely. So, so I'm not worried about the judgment, uh, implicit or explicit, but more sort of like the timing, like, okay, so maybe we can get to that the next time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, you know, so I, to, to steer it back around to levels of honesty. So mm. in my most intimate relationship with my wife, Molly, uh, I practice, uh, or I I do my best to practice a kind of radical honesty. So, um, mm. oh, here we I, go. I, I really uh, even difficult things. Um, okay. I do my best not to keep that from her uh, because usually, in my experience in uh, my younger life, if I was keeping something from mm. an intimate, mm. it meant that I was keeping something from myself mm. as well. Mm. I was lying to myself in some way. I was sort of shaping a story in a particular way um, to make myself look better to myself or not really deal with something that was going on. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to when it comes to my wife in particular, um, I try to be as honest as, as possible. I, I mean, what I let me rephrase that. I try to be radically honest. Um, and I actually uh, it's only a shade less uh, intense for that for me in my friendships as well. People that are close to me that I consider my friends, I, um, I do my best to, to just to say what it is that's on my mind. Okay. So, um, Steven, I don't want you to forget what you're going to say, cause you look like you got something to say, but I, I really need mm-hmm. to, God is in the details, right? Like, so can you give me an example of this radical honesty? One that doesn't, you know, uh, sort of uh, impinge upon your okay, so, your so, relationship okay, with I Molly. We, we no, that's fine. I, well, if if I'm unless I'm a liar, it wouldn't be anything that she wouldn't know. She might not necessarily like that I'm I'm sharing it with but, however many people are listening. This is my point. So so I I will okay. So uh, let me just I'll I'll slay a sacred cow. Um, mm. I was definitely less attracted to my wife when she was pregnant. Uh-huh. Um, I, I know that this is one of those like, okay. you know, oh, you know, kind of the font, the font of life and, you know, like the rotund Zoftic. Uh, and I'm not I don't not getting into body shame. It's nothing about that. Whatever your particular aesthetic and proclivity is more power to you. I do not judge that at all. Uh, I have my own, and um, I was less attracted to my wife when she was, uh, you know, not like you know, two months pregnant or something, but mm-hmm. uh, when she was in her second, late second, and in, in, in the third trimester, and we talked about that, um, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I did my best to reassure her within that context because you know it's a very temporary event, right? Mm-hmm. She carries the, our son for a certain amount of time, and then it's gone, and was did my best to be very supportive and. 
you know, sort of engage in all of those good husbandly things that you you might want uh, your partner to engage in as far as like exercising together and uh, and still doing things that uh, that made her feel appreciated. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, that would be an example. It's a mm. tough one. I've literally never told anyone that, so wow. you guys are the first. <laughs> okay. You told more than Steve. us. Yes. Steven, what do you think? <laughs> Which is great. Um, so I think, no, Seth, thank you, Seth, because when you asked the question, I wanted to know if I could get mm. an anecdote or some kind of example. And while you mm-hmm. were talking, what it occurred to me that as a writer and as someone who endeavors to write nonfiction about my mm-hmm. family and friends, I have been in trouble a few times for publishing things without their knowledge. Right. Mm. And so now, um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite writers, Tony K. Bambara wrote in the preface of her book, Gorilla, My Love is a collection of short stories. She goes Mm -hmm. like the last line of her intro is like, I don't talk about people because mostly I just lie a lot. And if she was tired of people trying to figure out who they were in one of her stories. And I really, Mm. really love nonfiction, which contains Mm. its own level of fictioning. You know, in terms right. of how you sure, remember absolutely. things and think right. of things and so forth. But mm-hmm. I'm, my father is one of the most private men I've ever met. So if you ever go to mm. his house and he gives you something like a plate of food because he's a cook, he'll put that plate in a bag and then put that bag in another bag. <laughs> and he wow. would like for you to walk out in the cover of night because he doesn't want his neighbors to know anything. And he's very, wow. um, he doesn't wow. understand why I've um, elected one to be um public with my sexuality he's very very um he's very very you know he's a man who was born in louisiana raised in arkansas and i've listened i've fortunately i have more people in my life who are willing to tell me stories Mm -hmm. i do oral histories and other things related to um, capturing stories and so for me personally it has caused me some some um frustration and pain but I think of the pain of someone who read a piece of mine in a online or in a newspaper and I've divulged things about them. That's not, mm-hmm. you know, that's not cool, you know, or they mm-hmm. felt you were getting too close to me or you, you revealed something I really didn't want a lot of people to know. Um, mm-hmm. Tell the truth, shame the devil. It's one of my yeah. favorite things, <laughs> but I've been a lot more careful about how I reveal the stories of my growing up with my you know, family and with friends and former partners and so forth. But I, sure, but I'm excited about it and I feel like it makes the writing better, but I just have to really find ways to be careful and respectful of their privacy, you know, respectful right. of their um, story. Right. But I want to ask the question and, and, and maybe this is very much in line with the topic because Stephen, from what I know of you and we've known each other a few years now, mm-hmm. um, you seem to me to be, frankly, like the rest of us in this conversation, like Travis, who I've known for a long time, mm-hmm. and myself, who I've known most, most of my conscious life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, rigorously, we're rigorously ethical people, from what I can tell. Um, so is that kind of concern for somebody else's privacy about the ethics or about preserving the relationship or both? It's both. It's really both. I feel like I'm really fortunate because I have a lot in my close orbit. I have some really amazing friends Mm. and you know, they like telling me things and there are things that they would prefer. I didn't tell anyone else. And I, I go, okay. And I had this thing where I just, you know, I don't know if it actually works. Fire Mm. some neurons in my head and I go forgotten. And I don't think about right. it until that person brings it up or it, it comes out later and someone says, did you know about this? And I'll say, yeah, I did know. But, right. you know, I was keeping someone else's counsel and there's I'm not going to right. um, I don't tell right. I tell people I'm not going to tell them about you <laughs> and you're not going to know about them. It's as simple right. as that. It just keeps it cleaner. Right. You know, yeah. I mean. The intimate relationship aspect of it, though, makes that slightly more complicated, though, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're, if you are keeping things from someone that's an intimate, um, mm-hmm. the person that you are shielding the information from, assuming that it's something that would make them unhappy, is is the recipient or object of the harm. 
So I think about, you know, in my younger life, if, you know, if I was dating with someone and I started to get a wandering eye and was interested in someone else, you know, I had this sort of, for myself, this kind of clearly demarcated line, like I was not going to be unfaithful. Mm. Um, but <laughs> that definitely did not, uh, I was not rigorous with that when it came to setting up the conditions by which I could leave. Mm. Uh, and and knowing exactly what I was doing and setting up those conditions mm. uh, and keeping that from the person that I was intimate with. I mean, in I mean, mm. if we're making an ethical of that's just wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. wrong to use another person in that way. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, and so I I'm curious, uh, you know, Seth, in in your your own relationships. I mean, mm. you've you've gone, you've sort of been serially monogamous, I mean, for a while, right? I mean, you, okay, you, you're, you're, you're being, you're being very generous with your description of my, <laughs> of my sexual slash love life in that I would describe it more as a kind of like, what was that really bad battle during the Civil War? Antietam? Antietam. Antietam. Yeah. 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 Sort of like what, Antietam look like the day after. <laughs> like waste. Just, just oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I've known you uh-huh. to have, and and I will I will use this description uh, very self consciously, brutally honest with your intimates at times. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, yeah. I I have a feeling that uh, that. In the, in the waste that you are describing as your your romantic life in the past, mm-hmm. um, it, there is a way in which it wasn't by holding back that you it wasn't by by dissimulating or keeping things from your partner um, that made those situations difficult, but by being as open and honest as you were in those situations? Well, yes and no. I mean, to be Mm -hmm. completely fair to the question, and to be fair to myself, I think part of what made it difficult for me to be be present, I like that word, Stephen used it earlier, um, I think before Mm -hmm. we started recording, and I really like the way he uses it. I think part of my difficulty with being present and like, mm. in, in, in other words, showing up with all of me, all of my intellect, all of my emotional capacity, mm-hmm. all of my uh, 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 um, physical wants and needs and awareness of them. Mm-hmm. I think what prevented that was, was really fear. And I think I was just really fearful for most of my life. Okay. But, I do, but I do think that part of what one of the ways I wanted to deal with that fear was to be really honest with people. So... You're right. There were several instances, not in all of my relationships, but several instances in which I I said to women I was with something along the lines of, um, you know, this means we're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I mm, mean, that's yeah. that's exactly what I did, Stephen. I went, <sighs> like, it's tough to say that, but in some ways, it's like also a relief, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. oh, right. Yeah. So not even not even that that that, that prophecy is necessarily going to come true, but just that, oh, you're there. Like you're thinking of that. Like you're already mm-hmm. looking for the exit. So and mm-hmm. that says a lot about <clears throat> my fear about intimacy, uh, uh, which I've carried around with me a long time. But I do think that part of the deal with the honesty for me was just not just feeling really profoundly secure in the knowledge that if I pulled the Band-Aid off fast, it would hurt less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You answered that question for me. I was curious about how you define brutally, being brutally honest mm-hmm. because there are two people there or more and being brutally honest mm. means that some people might appreciate being frank and open and other people may find mm-hmm. it you know, really offensive or, um, Mm -hmm. and so. Mm -hmm. Well, honesty can certainly be a weapon, right? Mm -hmm. It's not not always about being Mm -hmm. rigorously ethical. I mean, honesty can definitely be a weapon. No, it can be a way of like keeping the person at arm's length. Mm -hmm. True. And it's how you say it and it's how you present it. 
I mean, absolutely. Just, you, yeah, for it sure. It can be very wep- it can be weaponized. Absolutely. That's right. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, so I was thinking about what you said about um, not being present. Like I was thinking about what it feels like or what it means to be intimate with someone. For me, then I have to be present. I have to be present with my partners or with my friends. And that's why um, it can be exhausting to be around people <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's not my natural state. My natural state is to be foggy and to think about stuff and to write things down and walk down the street and take pictures and you just mm-hmm. kind of be out there, right? So when I'm with mm-hmm. people, you're mm-hmm. holding, you're, you guys are holding each other's stories, all that's mm-hmm. led up into that point. The things mm-hmm. you want to tell each other, the things you want to keep from each other, all of that, what have you. And so that intimacy for me, it means um, looking folks in the eye and it means um, a certain kind of fidelity to mm-hmm. that, to the building of that relationship, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. Seth, how's school going? Travis, I know that you're busy doing all this stuff. The last time we met, the only time we met, you were telling me and so forth. And so that for me um, feels mm-hmm. like, it feels incredible. It feels demanding. It feels very challenging at times. Um, mm. And so <laughs> it's difficult enough to do that. And then to add on holding things back <laughs> right? or mm-hmm. like I said, lying by omission, you know? Um, and I also wanted to find out a little bit more about that. I, I, how do you feel about lying by omission? You know, something might hurt someone or you're not ready to tell them. And so you're, you're pregnant with this idea or this feeling for a week or two weeks, mm. or possibly longer. Like, how mm. do you guys deal with um, not saying something, but, you know, the implication is that you are lying, you know? Travis? Seth, you want to say? Okay, all right, I guess I'll take that one. Um, so to me, that's still a lie. Uh, okay. And uh, unless it's not unless it's not your secret, right? I, I, I appreciated the, the description earlier in the conversation about, mm-hmm. you know, that belongs to someone else. Someone's letting you borrow some piece of themselves or some piece of, I mean, we've, it seems, their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's incumbent upon, now in my adult life, even though I was really bad at it when I was younger as an adult, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it's incumbent upon me to to keep that with the proviso that um, the radical honesty with my wife trumps that. If someone tells me something, um, the assumption has to be that I uh, would share that with Molly because okay. I don't I don't keep anything from her. That being said, it's not as if um, she's like a journal for me or something. So of course there are things that I don't necessarily share with her because she doesn't you know she's not really involved in that in that context or that story or whatever. So I don't try to over, over overburden her with that. Um, I don't make it, um, it, it's not a point of pride or ego for me, at least not consciously. Uh, it's something I do to have a, a healthy marriage. So, okay. um, so it, your, your initial question, um, about, uh, Wait, I'm sorry. Can you repeat your initial question? Because I started getting off a tangent on like, have I? Is there anything I have kept from Molly? Like, I started like cycling oh, on that for a second. <laughs> it was lying by omission and how you guys felt about that. Yeah, you, initial, you did. Yeah, that so if yeah, I, yeah uh, to me that feels like a lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's something that I'm holding back from someone, that their their choices would alter in relation to me if I shared that information, mm-hmm. um, I consider that a kind of lie. Now. There may be reasons to do that, and I can think of a lot of reasons as a parent, for example, to maybe not be entirely honest with your 8 or 9 or 10-year-old child, Um, and because that's going to fuck them up. Right. Um, You have all kinds—I mean, but, Mm -hmm. you know, as a kid listening to a parent, you know, you are the ultimate authority figure in a healthy— uh, parent-child relationship in an unhealthy one that may not be the case but in a healthy one that's the case until a certain age and mm-hmm. they haven't quite come to they haven't quite figured out yet that you don't know as much as it appears that you do <laughs> and so your your judgments or indictments have far more weight than maybe they should and so it's it's again so I, I would want to I would want to uh, bracket it so as from in relation to a, a parent and a child uh, no probably not I I, I would I would consider those uh, lies, mm-hmm. and I I would willingly commit them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. What do you What do you think, Seth? So yeah, lying by omission. So I can think about. I can rather think of relationships, intimate relationships, with both friends and romantic partners, in which I have done that. 
I do think that when I was younger, I was really just shitty at being, sometimes at being a friend and shitty at being a lover. I just, Mm -hmm. I was. I think I was rather self-involved and to be, and it's weird, to be self-involved and be unself-aware is a really (laughs) bad combination. Yeah, it's not a good one. No, that doesn't. No. That really doesn't. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's what the fuck is Agent Orange Orange's problem, right? Like he's incredibly self aware. It's pretty common, but and, it, and really, it's really common. profoundly, you know, unself aware, right? So that so I was there in that in that in that slow of dis, despond. But one of the things that I would I remember doing. Um, um, lying by a mission was when oh man I have a thing for dancers and I was dating a woman mm-hmm. named Leslie back in like 90s something and we went to a performance of someone it was like I want to say Ailey but it wasn't Ailey it was like Dance Theater of Harlem or something no it may, actually may have been something at a Joyce that wasn't either of those companies but there was mm-hmm. a woman a dancer who um, came out even the, I don't think she had performed, but I think she was like more friends of friends. You know, when dancers perform, like all their friends show up. And she is beautiful. I mean, beautiful in a way that's like you see someone like this walking down the street and you stop and you turn just to make sure like you got it right. <laughs> and, and yes, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I, but I'm not. But I'm not one of those. But right. But I'm not one of those heterosexual men who do that that often because I'm more self-aware now. Okay. So like my seriously, like the times I will stop and look at a woman like that is like maybe twice a year, maybe. And I live in New York City, so okay, some right, context, okay. right? But this woman was stunningly beautiful, and I was with Leslie. Like, Leslie was, like, feet away from me. And I chatted this woman up, and I was like, yeah, can you give me your phone number, blah, blah, blah. And Leslie was right Wait, 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 wait. So you didn't turn and do a double take. You picked up on this woman while you were with your current partner. Is that, yeah. Am I getting that story? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, yeah, that's worse. No, that's you, awful. You, you, like, you, you framed <laughs> that story a little bit generously no, for no, yourself. No. Oh, I did think. I? No, I didn't mean <laughs> yeah. to because I know I'm the bad guy. Like, you don't Steven, need to wait, tell wait, me. Steven, did you get the impression that he, he looked and she kept walking? Did you, did you get the impression that he, like, was talking to her? No, to what get I got was, because I've seen it so often with men um, and a few women, but mostly men, that it doesn't matter what the object is, who the object is, is that all that matters is the gaze and the desire. Right. And so mm. sometimes it comes with, hey, baby, where are you going? Or it's just like, you know, oh, my God, this, did you see that guy? Did you see that woman? Oh, my God, you know Wait, wait, okay, wait, wait. So I, I have to, I have to ask for uh, clarification. Did you claim, and and I, I find this very, did you claim that the gaze is the equivalent of asking for the woman's number? No, 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 in no, front no. of your significant other. No, I'm asking Stephen. Oh, so because oh. he was, because he was, oh, he, I thought he was parsing it that way. Because oh. one definitely seems worse to me. Right. I don't know. I mean, it kind of depends upon. So what I was getting at was, it really, it, it's in. It's that person's desire that I find hard to, um, that feels very um, necessarily messy. Um, and I mean that in the, the gen- most generous possible way. So right now, in the, it, during, have you guys seen the Saturday Night Live skit where everyone's trying to talk about the um, Aziz Ansari um, story? So they're all sitting oh, around. Oh, God, no. So just in short, please share those. Yeah, sure. very in short. So like it's a bunch of people sitting around. They're having dinner. Will Ferrell's a special guest, and what they're trying to do is they're all trying to talk about it, but also be very careful about how they frame things. So it's like, right? as sure. a woman, watch it. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, thing we haven't brought up here is race, and then the lights go out and all these images. Oh my God, right. nuclear war images and all this sort of thing. <laughs> Because people are trying to figure out how to talk about things. And right, it's passion right. and desire and a bunch of things just sort of mixed up. And when I see guys right. look at other men or women and when, I'm, when I do it myself, I'm almost unconscious of it until I'm snapped back. Because that thing is, it's, I'm just looking and I'm just looking. And I, for me personally, it doesn't feel completely comfortable. It feels like... Um, I should know better. I should. I've been brought mm-hmm. up right, and I should not 
mm-hmm. let my desires be public like this. Do you mm-hmm. know? So I, I, I want to say mm-hmm. two things, and I want to get I want to get back to Seth. Like I'm super brief. Like mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. uh, so. Uh, I I think that animal desires uh, are unruly, mm-hmm. and we all have them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, and 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 I definitely think it's worse. I don't care like how unruly the desire is mm-hmm. to indulge it in front of your significant no, other, no, which I love. Oh, I it's a great story, terrible. Seth. I actually appreciate because I've done. I'm not. I'm not indicting you because no, I've no. definitely done no, really no. awful things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway, please continue with uh, with yes. uh, with your story. Right. Well, we, I, we was, I hadn't gotten to the omission part yet. I mean, and the thing okay. was. The thing was, I realized, I mean, there was a part of me that was looking at me doing this and thinking, this is mm-hmm. awful, this is shitty, what are you doing? <laughs> doing it anyway. And then having her, well, we broke up later for other reasons, but um, having her, I think, write to me, um, or tell me, we think we had a conversation about this. We had a conversation, either an epistolary one or one in person, Mm-hmm. And she, she, she said something about sort of acknowledging that that happened, like that I was attracted to this other person and I wanted to try to get to know her. I mean, mm-hmm. what I failed to do at that moment, and this is the thing that, that I was deeply ashamed of, more so than even the act of trying to get this woman's um, information to hook up with her later, was that when the chance came to like just confront that situation, I backed down. I just didn't. Mm. I just didn't deal with it. She said, "You know, this had happened," and and, mm. and I, essentially gave me an open door to talk about why it did and what it meant. And mm-hmm. I didn't take the opportunity. And I think that's a lie by omission. I think that one of the things about secrets is that when they are outed, right, you do have an opportunity to be a real adult human being and say, okay, this thing is out here in the world. It may mm-hmm. not be what I want it to be. Oh, maybe not even out here in the world. This out here in this, like, in the ether between these two people. Mm-hmm. And we can just deal with it. We can actually come to some kind of clarity. We can be present to each other in the midst of this thing that makes us both tremendously uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take When you it. say you go ahead. When you say you back down, how did you back down? I did just, you just avoid it? I just avoided it. Yeah, change just, the subject. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just didn't deal with it. I just didn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um and those are the times, those are one of the, among the times in my life that I most regret because I want to be answerable to myself. Like you say, Travis, about keeping it really real with Molly and paraphrasing, you do so because you want to keep yourself honest. And you recognize that giving that opportunity, that, 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 that those things that are sort of the hidden dark places in you to someone else mm-hmm. and, and say, okay, this is, this is, I'm sharing this with you, you, so you know. Like, you're able to look at those dark places through Molly's eyes, mm-hmm, and maybe mm-hmm. they're, not so, they're not so dark, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I'd just been able to, like, man up. Okay, that's not fair. That's gendered. <laughs> but if I'd been able to, like, person up, like, show the hell up, right? <laughs> and, like, up. human up, and, like, be there and say, okay, yeah, I had this desire for this person. I have a thing for... Uh, for dancers, it's ridiculous to like do this in front of you. I don't know what else. I don't know how else to 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 work around this. I'm not sure because I've struggled with that my whole life. Like, what to do mm. about desire? Like, how mm, to sure. like mitigate it? When mm-hmm. to like let it go? When to pull back? Um, I in my whole life, I just don't still don't know. Can I actually <laughs> want to? This made me think of something, and actually, it's a question for Stephen mm. with a slightly prolonged intro so mm. one of the things you know it, it, sort of the the time's up and me too and and the kind of the social moment that we're in mm-hmm. and the way that uh, heterosexual men uh, maybe i almost want to say white but probably not just white heterosexual men no, no russell in simmons was in on that shit too yeah 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 so yeah. i mean so, so among, other, other, have, among others yeah r kelly have felt how felt yeah have felt their 
desire and expression of desire circumscribed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know kind of the pushback and the reflex against that and mm-hmm. which I'm sympathetic to some of those arguments uh, as as you both know mm-hmm. but that being said it, it, it and and I, I want to hedge this a little bit because obviously I know that there are a lot of other factors involved but it, it strikes me as it's heterosexual men experiencing what all non-heteronormative men and women have had to deal with for a very long time, usually worse, right? So the fact that your desire and the expression of your desire is being circumscribed by the society mm-hmm. and the discomfort that that, that, that brings up for you and, hmm. the, and, and the way that that's reacted to or dealt with hmm. pretty unsympathetically hmm. on the other side, I think. Okay. And so I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about like the Weinstein's and the, you know, the Kevin Spacey. I'm not no, talking you're, talking, about you're talking about more like Aziz Ansari. Like that's what happened? Exactly right. right. Yeah. That's what happened? Right. Yeah. That's right. And so yeah. uh, it's and I you know again I don't want to go too far with it because it's not as if just because it's all over social media means that these power structures have flipped. Right. right? It right. doesn't. It not. doesn't mean that at all. Right. right? Clearly. Uh, at all. Right. right. Uh, the yeah. the the maid service that supplies you know house cleaners in major metropolitan cities are probably not all that worried about the Me Too or Time's Up uh, 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 movement because like these people, the the women that are in these positions don't have the kind of the voice and social power to speak out against that. So I don't want to go too far with that, but I'm talking about just so let's, you know, kind of play it in a small sandbox. Mm -hmm. Does that, and so Stephen, does that at all seem analogous to you? Is it, do you buy that analogy? Is that something, you think there are too many other factors involved uh, for it to be relatable? So I need for you to repeat that just a little bit more, but I mean, just a bit more describe it, which are in terms of. So I'm saying the ways in which hetero in in this very circumscribed social space Mm -hmm. of privileged men, heterosexual men, and the way that that desire is being circumscribed and the way that the language is being policed amongst the gray areas, not the Mm -hmm, not the mm -hmm. very obviously ethically terrible morally reprehensible choices is the way that that behavior is being circumscribed in the social sphere right now at all seem analogous to you to the ways in which non-heteronormative behavior has been circumscribed Histor- in the past. If you kind of bracket things like violence and things like that. I mean, obviously, there's it's way worse if you uh, live in certain areas of the country currently and certainly in the past. Yeah, I think so. I think it is analogous. I just feel like that there are, there are always the added things, you know, that that make each and every intersectional moment, you know, unique for its moment. Mm. And it's, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to speak mm-hmm. about it generally, but... I think what really, when you were talking about the first thing that came to mind was when I was growing up and I would notice the way my sisters were treated or the way my mom was treated at times, or even Mm -hmm. other um, girls my age, and how much I hated that and how much Mm -hmm. that bothered Mm -hmm. me. And so when when everything broke about Weinstein, I mean... like it, what's funny is that for people who are relatively conscious, they know this stuff already. They see it. Mm-hmm. They see it happen. Sometimes they are participating in it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's so. I was feeling very, very not. Um, what was the feeling? The feeling was I was happy that it was being discussed, and there mm-hmm. seemed to be mm-hmm. some action moving towards justice or some type of restorative justice. I think mm-hmm. Dan Harmon. Are you you know, Dan Harmon the um, uh, the creator of Community and the creator of Morton, uh, co-creator oh, of Morton. Um, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, what is Rick and Morty? Yeah, so recently yeah, yeah. there was a woman who accused that him. That guy's crazy but and I, brilliant, but crazy But I really brilliant. enjoyed the fact that at one point he didn't seem to remember, and he did that sort of vague apology. If someone somewhere was hurt by <laughs> me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he went in. He was like, "You, I was attracted to you. You didn't respond, and I made your life hell. And I thought the way he responded was something I haven't heard of yet other than say maybe mm. Louis C.K. who um, mm-hmm. And he kind of said it and then kind of disappeared for a moment too. And so I was mm. thinking about what you said um, earlier, mm. Seth, about had you at that moment, because you were aware of what you were looking at, you were aware of what you were doing, but you mm-hmm. made a choice mm-hmm. in that moment to deflect or to um, not be truthful, you know, completely mm-hmm. truthful. And so mm-hmm. to get back to what you're saying, though, Travis, 
I do feel it's analogous. And I do feel like it's analogous to the communities I'm in. I just feel like that there's special circumstances because the notion of desire is, um, is so, like I said earlier, it's messy. It's the one thing I think you can't lie about. Like I think it just breaks, mm-hmm. you breaks you out if you lie about it. You're, you know, you, you become insane with it. And I think we um, are taught to police our desires no matter who we are. It's just that some of us mm-hmm. obviously are a little bit more, um, you know, I've come through a really interesting time in the last 40 years by looking at the ways in which people, um, queer folk, have gone from, you know, the the early 70s with the breakout moment and, you know, modern gay civil rights, where people are starting mm-hmm. to talk more about these things. And I'm starting to see more people on television and they're just not, mm-hmm. um, they're just not, what do you call it? Uh, they're not... Um, laugh you know they're not the person you laugh at they're not you know right they're not right they're not the dancing bear right like like, complicated narratives about their lives but not the pathetic um, character and not the dancing bear right right Mm -hmm. exactly it's like it's it's laughing with versus laughing at you know that Mm -hmm. kind of person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or point of reference where it's like don't be like that so i'm starting Mm -hmm. to see a little bit more but it's still very slow it's more um it's much more prevalent in the books and and sometimes even the films that mm-hmm. most people won't see. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But there's still, I, I think of movies, European movies and French movies where there's all this desire for someone and that's the whole movie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> you know? Um, right, and, right. And it doesn't necessarily even have to change. And what, that's what I love right. about it too is just that that's the whole thing. And, and, and in the US or whatever, we're taught to police our desire and to shape our desire for things, for cap, you know, yes. purposes and so forth. So yes. I'm kind of going around the block here, but I, I want to say I do see the moment as being analogous because people are starting to look at and name sexual abuse and name rape and other things. And in and, and the best of scenarios, it's more nuanced. The worst of mm-hmm. scenarios, everything is just one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so right. I hope that kind of answers what you were a little <laughs> i do see it yeah <laughs> i i was I, I was asking i mean you covered so much good stuff i don't really feel the need to to clarify <laughs> what i was asking but because mm. uh, i'm not i i didn't figure out exactly what i was asking until i had, had finished asking it <laughs> right, so right. it's a pretty circuitous route seth yeah. you look like you were about to say something no i just I, I thoroughly enjoyed that um little vignette um that little conversational um uh 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 Bit. I, 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 I want to get back to Aziz Ansari because I think there's something there that is germane mm-hmm. to our conversation about secrets. I think it's not a great leap to define for the moment in this context what Aziz Ansari carried on with the woman Grace, um, named in the Babe article, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. described as their goings ons. It's not. It's not um, it's not unreasonable to, to define that as a secret. Um, I think that that's a secret that, in some ways, Aziz wanted Grace, if that's a real name or not, okay. whatever, Grace to keep. Like, I think there's a way in which sexual encounters sometimes are. They're not always, but I mean, to to a great extent. I mean, there's a reason why, you know. Porn sites are we prevent children from going to them, right? There's a reason mm-hmm. that they are held off to the side of sort of polite culture and not deemed um, uh, sort of publicly consumable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, and 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 bracketing aside this sort of inherent misogyny that's often or always been part of that industry for heterosexual stuff and bracketing aside the sort of ways in which well i can't really talk about gay pornography because i don't know it Mm -hmm. but um the ways in which like desire is kind of commodified in 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 maybe you know other forms of of pornography but bracketing all that aside Mm -hmm. there's a way in which i think aziz Aziz's encounter with Grace was something that he didn't want known. And no, she, of and, course not. Right, right, right. And she publicized that, right? So she didn't keep that secret. And maybe, you know, she had good reasons for doing so. And I, I, I kind of don't want to 
I don't want to get into that conversation, but more it's like, isn't that kind of a secret? Like when we actually, when we get down to it, like when we are fucking someone mm-hmm. or getting fucked by someone, fucking with someone, like, isn't that kind of always a secret? Yes. I, I actually, I'm, I agree that it's, it's a, it would be too much of a sideshow to go too far into the Aziz Ansari because I think there's a lot of things at play there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think race is in play mm. in the, the, I mean, I just, so, mm. but I'll just throw that out there. Mm. If, if we want to have a podcast on that, at some mm. point we can, but, wow. um, but, but on, on the, just the glaring, glaring iniquity and double standard of that situation mm. is just offensive to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as if there is something demonstrably different between his physical desire and her social desire. Mm-hmm. She didn't go up to Aziz Ansari because they met at like a coffee shop and their eyes met over like an unfinished screenplay. <laughs> right. Her ass went up to him because he's a multi-million dollar celebrity right. and she wanted the social cachet that goes along with that. Right. What the fuck? Right. Like I just, right. so yes. like somehow her motivations are more pristine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I find the whole, and so if he had published, uh, if he had published a piece in like Dude that said, hey, um, you know, this ridiculous girl tried to bond with me over a camera and her like sort of stupid, slight white bot, like there is, he would be crucified, crucified if he called her out for her less than admirable desires. Oh, yeah. So I, I really, yeah, really, so maybe we should talk about this another time. Yeah. So, but yes, I, I do. So the secrecy and the intimacy, you've actually taken it in a really interesting direction towards mm. the end of the podcast, unfortunately, because mm. there really is an assumption mm-hmm. of propriety mm-hmm. in intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. And these sexually, well, no, actually friendships though? as well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, like, we, we had this, you know, we had this whole conversation, but there's a whole other side to this that we didn't discuss that you just brought up, which is that, mm-hmm. so keeping secrets in intimate relationships can also mean keeping secrets within the intimate relationship. Right. The things that are between the two people oh, or right. whatever, you know, Keeping them people. from everybody else. Yeah, yeah, that isn't like yeah. broadcast or yeah. used or leveraged against them. That's mm. right. Um, That's right. Uh, I mean, we if 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 we like, we can we can pick up on that flip side of the conversation uh, next week if we'd like to do that. Yeah, that you know what? Nice. I'm kind of interested in. I, I want to just throw out something provocative, perhaps for next week. So thinking about, and this is following on the Me Too, Times Up kind of thing. Thinking about Russell mm. Simmons, you know, mm. um, having read, mm-hmm. probably probably you both know, having read the kind of things I've read, it was that he's accused of having a tryst. No, no, let me not be mealy-mouthed about this. Of, <laughs> of sexually assaulting someone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, with his pal, Brett Ratner. So apparently, yeah. like, they would, like, team up, and Brett would, like, oh. either get the girl, or he, or he, Russell would get the girl, and they'd go back to his place or her, the other person's place, and oh. the other person would, like, run, either, either, like, run interference or just or facilitate things and just facilitate the whole mm-hmm. sexual encounter. And I'm like, that's so a... like, tag team pimps for each oh, other? Oh, kind of thing, kind of thing, right, for <laughs> each other, but... That's a kind of secret, right? Like they're like they're bonded yeah. over that, right? Like that's yes. some shit yeah. that you really can't let go because they're legal repercussions, <laughs> right? Right. That's right. Yes, so ooh, you know, talk about radical. Like, where's the radical honesty in that relationship? I mean, I'm I'm really interested to to talk about that. Right? <laughs> like the conversation between those two as right? they're like setting up this couple. Right. To, right. That is. Yeah, that's oh really my interesting. god. <laughs> like how? Like it's like it's. Right. Russell Simmons, please don't sue us. <laughs> but it is like a Todd Salant's film, right? Like it's that right, level right. of like gruesomeness. Right, right, right. Right? right? Mm-hmm. So, so we're pushing up against the time limit, yeah. uh, but I'd like to give Stephen the last, uh, the last word for indeed, today. Indeed. Wow, the last word. So enjoyed the conversation. There were a few things that came up for me while we were talking, and we talked a little bit about them, but I was curious about um, keeping um, this 
really, really thinking about humans learning what being intimate really is <laughs> mm. and that and really mm. kind of rethinking that because earlier when we were talking about keeping a dalliance or a sexual experience secret between those two people, I, mm. I immediately went generation like <laughs> we're talking mm. about we're living mm-hmm. in a digital age where people have had sex on camera before they mm-hmm. were like, mm-hmm. you know, really conscious of the implications of doing that kind of thing. Meant. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and particularly with social media, where people are constantly talking about each other and revealing things that are really personal, that get a lot of hits, you know, or even become TV shows and whatnot. So I was thinking mm-hmm. about how right. the generations feel about secrecy. And I began talking about my father and about how he feels about keeping things behind closed doors. And one mm-hmm. of my um, my ex fiance, um, former fiance, told me once where he worked at a an amusement park there was behind the counter talk <laughs> so you didn't say this in front mm-hmm. of everyone else and so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i just feel like it's very i think that we that we're in a very murky time and probably we've always been in murky times when it comes to secrecy in relationships per, you know mm-hmm. intimate relationships very very murky but it's become more clear to me because i do read the comment section on almost everything I watch on or, or read on the internet. Cause I'm always curious mm-hmm. about how people um, receive something. I'm like, well, how do you mm-hmm. receive, some, you know, how did you receive mm-hmm. this article about Trump or about mm-hmm. um, the Aziz Ansari? And, and there's some interesting things that go from um, saying things like, it just seems like a terrible sexual experience <laughs> mm-hmm. that yeah. both people had a, um, had culpability to, he shouldn't have used his star power to blah, 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 which goes back to what you were saying, Travis, earlier about the um, the framing, mm-hmm. the framing, right, which I right. think is really critical right now. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I argue for a more complicated and more nuanced way of reading things and also going, I don't know, I wasn't there, you know, but if given the evidence or given the what we're getting, let's look at this, but not to be too sure. You know, you're going to be too sure when you're with that person. Even then. Mm, Right. Mm, Right. mm. Right. Um, And on that note, we may or may not continue this conversation this week. (laughs) The three of us will talk and see if we think it'll be a fruitful uh, discussion. Uh, But in any case, uh, please join us next week uh, and pick up the conversation on the American Age podcast. Seth and Stephen, thanks very much for joining. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Good afternoon, everyone.